You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 72. Episode 72. So... I think on the last episode, I was going. I was about to leave for Vegas. The uh, that was the last thing we covered, and so I left this past Friday. No, on that Sunday. So a friend wants to do the Texas Card House tournament. The on Fridays at Texas Card House, they actually have a really good tournament that ends up. It's a uh, I believe. I forget what the buy-in is. It's like I think one twenty and then like a hundred for the add-on, uh, fifteen thousand guarantee. And this is right before you left for Vegas. This is Friday. You were leaving Sunday. Correct. So I'm like, well, let me go ahead. I this will be a good little startup. If I end up, you know, getting in this tournament, and end up doing something, that'd make a nice little beginning trip for Vegas. So me and him go in there. Uh, and I get on the table and just kind of no nothing horrible, nothing great for like the first hour or two. But it is, with the add-on, a very deep stack tournament. Uh, and I just float around there. I kind of picking up a, like the blinds maybe a little bit here and there, but really nothing. It's more just kind of evened out. Uh, but towards the end of it, I start picking up hands. Not towards the end of it, like... Like, I guess maybe, like, right before and after the break. Which is really when you want to start running good, right? Like, you've always said it's not great to run, like, fire at the beginning in level one and two. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I've done that many times where, I mean, you just run like fire and then just go card dead. Uh, I had one big hand where I had pocket queens raise it pretty big. I get called multiple ways. I think it's only like three or four ways. I mean, the worst possible flop for queens. Seven, eight, nine. <laughs> uh, it checks to me. I'm like, well, I'm still going to bet this. I still think I can get value from worse. And it's so draw heavy that I do want to charge somebody. I bet a girl goes all in. And the other two fold. It's not that much more to me. I'm now getting like one and four, one and five to call. And I'm like, well, she'd probably do this with jack nine, ten nine, any of the flush draws, and all of that. So any pair plus draw. I end up making the call, and she has ace nine. And so Dang. And runs out clean. Uh. So go there. I mean, I'm kind of starting to stack up a lot in this tournament, and it's getting closer and closer. People are starting to whittle down. Uh, I run into one pretty decent in one hand. I don't remember the complete start of it, but it goes multi way. It checks the flop. I have a jack, and the turn is a jack. A player bets. I call. Everybody else folds the river's a king and this player goes all in i'm like man not a lot makes sense here 
like with the little of like what I gave you, what do you think you do in this spot? I mean, like you always say, if they just happen to hit a random king, I mean, how much is it all in for? Is it around pot? It's probably about pot. It's I mean, which is very sizable at this point. And you just have Jack ten. I don't remember what my kicker was the jack. I think, but jack ten sounds about right. I think I'd like jack nine or something. Uh, I guess. I mean, like we always say, I, these hero calls always end up just being wrong. It seems like. I mean, I guess I fold. I did make the fold. Nothing. I, I tank folded because nothing made sense to me about this. That he would hit a random king, or that he would value better jack here. Uh, and I was super suspicious. I tank fold, and he shows a bluff. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of tilted me, because it was a pretty big pot with a bunch of chips. Uh, and I am very well stacked if I make this call. Uh, the next, like in the next following, we go to, I have the person to my left in the big blind is super short. I go in the small blind. I have Jack-10 off. I'm like, well, this is a better-than-average hand against, you know, uh, one other hand. I'm just going to go ahead and put him all in for his chips and try to take the blinds down, and if not, maybe have the better hand here. He calls with, like, Queen-7 and ends up winning that pot. So I go from super, super stacked to... When immediately after that hand, we break down to two tables. So I go from super, super stack to I go into the second table with five big blinds. God, dog. Yeah, because I'm like Scott was uh, going over there. He's like, he's like, you made it to the two final tables. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, so it was because I think at that point, like 12 got paid. I mean, going in there was literally nothing. I go to the 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 uh, my new table and catch fire. I get jacks. I get ace queen. I get ace king. Everything steals the blinds or holds up. Uh, I think within the first orbit and a half, I was among the chip leaders at the table. God, dog, <laughs> that's <laughs> so ridiculous. It is. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous run. Well, I mean, it's very easy to. And I mean, now you say easy, like, I mean, it's it, a lot of times you are going to get called, you're going to be busted out of the tournament. But these tournaments are played so badly because these players are just not aggressive enough when the blinds are high. They're not calling down light enough. They're not going all in light enough. And you, when you're doing this, you can, you got to think if you're 10 times the big blind and there's a big blind Annie. And a small blind. If you go all in and everybody folds to you, you've now increased your stack by 25%. So, and I mean, these guys are, I mean, it's, the blinds are high. They're still waiting for ace-king, aces-kings, queens-jacks, ace-king, ace-queen. When on the button and the cutoff, you should be pushing, I mean, you should have like, if your blinds are low enough, you should be pushing like 6-8 suited and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you're, you're just at such a huge advantage. If they fold, I mean, it's just so good. And 
yeah, you're going to get called and you're going to lose and be out of the tournament sometimes. But you can never guarantee a win. Yeah, but you can guarantee that if you play too timid, you will it will be a loss. Right, which we do see a lot of people do, right? And just kind of slowly bleed out to where they just have nothing and then just are done. It's oh. kind of like you got to make that stand at some point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I did get called, and I did suck out. I had Ace-8 got called. I mean, you want to talk about, like, just how bad some of the players are at this tournament. Ace-8, I have probably... 10 big blinds, I shove. I think it's from the hijack, easy shove. Player in the big blind tanks for like four minutes and calls. And then it flips over ace king. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like if, I don't even know. I mean, ace eight, I spike an eight, and sure enough, you know, I take a big majority of the stack. But, I mean, the results cease to matter. And, I mean, if you're going to play more than one tournament... I mean, you'd have to you have to make these calls. I mean, these are snap calls, and the results are what they are. I mean, it, and ten other uh, like eight other times that guy's gonna double up through me. Uh, we end up getting to the final table, and I'm pretty well chip stacked. The first hand, I end up with Ace King, get it all in versus Ace Queen. The guy spikes the Queen. Hmm. Uh. In which I lose a big portion of my stack. And this is final nine, right? Uh, this is final nine. Which then a guy, of course, who was talking about chopping the entire time once he gets to the table. He's got like three big binds left. And he's talking about an even chop. You can tell this is somebody who's kind of new to poker. I'm like, I'm, I'm just not chopping. He's like, see, you should have chopped. I'm like, do not care about the results, man. If, if I go out, I go out. But we're, we're going to play this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, one or two others drop out. Uh, I think it's like the final, like six or seven. Uh, I go all in with seven, eight suited against the same guy who thinks I'm just a maniac. He calls me with ace queen, and I double up. I spike a I spike an eight, and I think he hits nothing. I take him out, and at that point, it was about two two thirty in the morning. I was second. I was second in chips. And we do a chop from there. I think it was like a five-way chop ICM. So it's it was a really, really good hit. I think after I traded 10% of action with a, my friend, I think it was like a $2,800 profit. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, uh, it was pretty nice. It was a, but I mean, the big thing is, is like these tournaments are just, you can't guarantee a win, but people play so timidly that, you can really bully Tate, like maybe not in the early going, but in the late stages, people you can really bully your way to some big to some wins on these tournaments. That's awesome, especially. I mean, what a great start to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, especially. I mean, I think everybody here heard about my last Vegas trip, and just what a t- complete disaster it was. <laughs> and I mean, so going in there with like a you know twenty eight hundred that I was up. I mean, was a very, very nice start to that trip. And so, and I mean, I highly recommend the Texas Card House tournaments, especially that Friday one. <coughs> Sorry. The, uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, and like me and you were saying, as I was doing a lot of these tournaments, and eventually you know how you have an edge on these people, but you never know when it's going to hit. I mean, 
like I was very happy that to have a good run in a tournament where it was, you know, a 15,000 guaranteed, then some free roll, and that's when the odds even out. So really lucky in that, the good variance on that. <laughs> yeah. So that's whenever my, uh, what's it called, variance even that was in the Paramount free roll. So yeah, you can't it, pick your spots. It's uh, So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was a really big, big jump going into the uh, the Vegas trip. When uh, Sunday night ended up playing at the Bellagio, and I was kind of worried about like how many grinders and everything, if it would be wreck heavy, because it's kind of a weird time in Vegas. It's after the WSOP, uh, and not a lot of people are just making that trip right back. So ended up going there, and it was actually a pretty good table at Bellagio. So, were you playing two five or one three? I was playing one three on this one. So it's more sessions. Sorry, I'm trying to get to the okay Bellagio session. Uh, early position. I'll I'll go over a couple hands. Early position raises to fifteen. I call with Ace Jack off. Flop is ace, jack, queen. I check. He bets 15. I raise to 45. Uh, he calls. Blank turn. I go all in. He has like 45 behind, and he calls, and I'm good. Pretty standard. I mean, fly, uh, when you're on this flop, flopping two pair, when the guy most likely has an ace and a draw, I mean, it's a uh, very, very standard hand, but that was brought me up a lot. Uh, there was one that was a really weird. I didn't take notes on it, but it was probably one of the more interesting hands I've played. <laughs> You're like, most interesting hand I'm going to play? No notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I raise, I've got a suited Broadway queen. I think it was like queen 10 suited. And then I flop gold with, but it's ace, the flop I raise big. I think that's like three or four. Probably three people to uh, pre uh, to the flop. I flop a queen. It becomes ace queen like seven with two clubs, and I have a queen ten of clubs. So I flop middle pair with a flush draw and backdoor straight draw. I bet and get called by one player. The turn comes a brick. And I'm like, well, I was the big raiser. I'm going to keep the pressure on. And I'm not certain that this is a really good play. But I bet pretty big and get called again. Because I've, I've, I've preached that getting people off aces and low limit is pretty bad. I guess this is one of those that I just had such good equity here that I felt at the time it was a good bet. I bricked the river, and I'm like, well, shit. I'm like, well... He checks, and I check behind. I'm like, I just give up. And sure enough, the queen is good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I was like, he was on a he was on a flush draw, so it was a uh, I was it was one of those that I mean, I checked ready to just surrender the pot, which was a pretty decent sized pot for this one three game, and ended up taking that down. So the Bellagio run was a uh, pretty pretty well. I was running really really well. I had one. I raised queen eight of clubs. The flop is nine nine six with two clubs. 
I bet 20 he calls. Turn is the four of clubs where I hit the flush. I bet 45 he raises to 100. I call. Kind of a dangerous spot on a paired board. Uh, River to King, he checks. I bet set. Once he checks, I'm convinced I'm good. I bet 75, he calls. I'm good. So I got to think that he probably either a lesser flush or a nine, maybe. I, I'd i been pretty aggressive. I was getting hands and I was playing a lot of button and cutoff uh, position. So I think at first I thought he was running in. Like he really uh, just thought I was kind of a maniac barreling over people. But once he calls that river, uh, he ha definitely has something. Uh, but that was kind of the Bellagio session. Really just, uh, I think I won 600 in that session. So, I mean, kind of a nice going into Vegas uh, run from the uh, tournament, 2800. And then immediately going in there. Oh, no, they were, I won't lie, I was pretty tired from the trip to Vegas. Didn't get a lot of sleep before and almost didn't really want to play that first night. But I'm in Vegas you got to yeah. play your first night in Vegas. You can't just not. Saying you had a kind of a weird flight time for someone who worked the overnight the day before. So I could see you being pretty exhausted going into it. Yeah, I really was. I was re I was really did not think I'd be playing my A game when I went in there. So it was uh, it was really nice. I'll tell you the one thing that's really nice in Vegas versus Texas, and don't get me wrong, the poker in Texas, way better than Vegas. N not even close. But I tell you what, it's kind of nice just being able to play Hold'em. Oh, I bet. I mean, I I like the bomb pots. I like the reverse button Omaha. It does mix it up. But it's also the change of just being able to play Hold'em. And the game moves so fast in Vegas versus here. Like, even Hold'em. Like, Hold'em here, even people are still tanking a shitload here. Which is weird because there's a lot of timed games. Mm -hmm. And they only run it once. In the games you're in, so that's true. Yeah, I imagine the game's going way faster. Oh, I mean, it's even like I mean, people are snap folding and snap calling and raising on the pre-flop. I mean, it's just I don't know. Like I was so it was so nice to watch the games move way faster. Uh, the next day I go to Aria. I have one hand that's really this fairly interesting i raise my big blind queen nine diamonds queen nine of diamonds over several limpers the flop is jack ten five i'm like well this is great any diamonds uh no but there's two clubs oh okay i think i like a big bet here uh i don't remember how much i raised but i know it says i bet i bet 35 uh a player goes all in for 42 a player raises to 70, and I call. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I have to Wait, wait. Here, go right? over this again? Wait, wait. Go. I must have missed something. So, wait. Because I you... bet 35. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. That's what I I thought you meant pre-flop. You bet 35. Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait. So, go ahead. Say it one more time. Uh, So, it's... So, I bet 35 on the flop. Player goes all in for 30, 42. And a player, another player raises to 70. So I don't love this spot. But now it's 30, I mean, it's basically 35 to win a crap load. And I'm open-ended. Right, but two of your outs are for sure dead, right? But, um... Yeah, not feeling great about yeah, it. Yeah, so you have three outs twice. Um, 
how deep is other guy? Like, it's too bad he put in such a ring, like a little dinky raise. Why, if you raise something serious, you snap fold this? Uh, very wreck heavy. I mean, like all the one three tables at Vegas were super wreck heavy. Uh, it was like a lady who was very passive, and which I mean makes it a, kind of a strong. Array. I was about to say this sounds like a set all day, but all right, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I call it, the turn is a queen. So. Not quite what we're looking for. <laughs> this makes us really, really tough. Uh, player bets 100. You're... I tank call. No, man. We're just everything. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, okay. I guess just F it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got such insane odds here at this point. I mean, because there's the flop bet. There's the 140. So let's say I bet probably 15. It probably went four ways, 60. Uh, you have the 42, 102, the 70, and the 70, 140. So we're now at 280. So it's 100 to 380, and I'm open-ended still with now top pair. All right, cool. I Let's mean... <laughs> It ain't great. (laughs) And I mean, I am beating now like king. Well, no, not even king queen. I'm I'm beating a flush draw. Sweet, sweet. Okay. (laughs) Rivers a brick. Check, check. Uh, Please tell me you're no good. Both players (laughs) flop two pair to Maya. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I was about to say. No way. It's a... uh, but, I mean, that being said, I mean, kind of like the queen on that turn river bet, I'm super live. Yeah. I mean, anything that, I mean. I mean, it depends on what two pair they have, right? But. Yeah. I mean, I guess not really. Well, I mean, my nine is good. My queen is good. Uh, Anything that pairs. Well, I mean, they had two pair, so not anything that pairs. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I was saying. Um, yeah. But none of them had a queen with their two pair. They both flopped two pair. Yeah, they both flopped two pair. They both flopped jack. T- uh, it was the board was jack ten five, and one had jack five, and one had jack ten. I mean, okay, so you need a nine or whatever the turn card. Well, no, the turn was a queen, so you only had the qu- well. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I would have kicked this hand a while ago, but shows how good these games are when my pre-ball braids are getting called by jack five. Then, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, come full circle. Yeah, good call, good point. Yeah, it's a. Uh, but did he win? He did not because she had Jack 10, I think. Mm, fair point. Uh, I was just going to say, wait, yeah, yeah, well. It's a, uh, but yeah, it was a, so that was kind of a deal. And this was, was one of those Aria sessions. Like, that was the only one I had of note, but literally the entire time could not find. It was just card dead. And every single time I bet, I got called when it was a C bet and I had nothing. Every, the, the, the twice and four hours that I had a hand got no action it was one of those of sessions that literally you could i mean just nothing would go right uh so and then i ended up down 700 which was super frustrating after being up 600 for the bellagio deal so very i mean which i guess not the worst i mean when you've only been in two sessions and you're only down a hundred dollars is fine but it was such a great start you're hoping to kind of continue that ball rolling. The Ario is 2-5 then, right? No, that was 1-3. When did you start playing 2-5? It sounded like uh, you had played a bunch of 2-5. I was playing a bunch of 2-5. Uh, I played 2-5 at the win, I know for certain. 
I guess it would have been the Aria later on. Okay, so you're now down to 100. But okay, did you go play right after that, or now we're starting the next day? Uh, I did play later, but I played later that night. Uh, so, uh, And you and I talk about this a lot. Um, like, I'm sure after losing that session, you had to be slightly annoyed, right? I was pretty annoyed. That's why I didn't. And I mean, like, it's, like I say, it's not that bad. And probably just need to take my losses better. But not all losses are the same. And when I'm card dead and you've gone like four or five hours where you just literally sat there and you could not really find anything to play and the only few things that you had just did not work out. Like, I don't know. There's certain there's certain ways to lose that I'm not saying it makes me more tilted, but it definitely, you're just like, okay, I need a break more. Well, my point of it was, I just, I know you normally don't do very well going from losing a session and right into playing another session right away. That's kind of like buying it from multiple bullets. Right. Like, I feel like you kind of get affected by that. So how oh, did... a hundred percent. Wow. How'd this next session go then? Uh... So the next session was two five at the win. So, I uh, I take a break. I think I might have gone to the esports thing and uh, chilled out there. Did some sports betting. Uh, went to Bellagio. It seems out of no. I guess it is right. So, to went to the win that night. I ended up walking all the way there and then got there and for whatever reason did not call, put my name on the list and it was way bigger list than I thought. So I'm like, well, put me on the deal for one, three and two, five. Cause I'm like, just get me playing somehow, some way. <laughs> uh, so I sit there for probably about 15, 20 minutes and it ends up, I, they end up calling me for one, three. But I leave my name on the list for 2-5. I'm like, well, I'll probably stay at 1-3. So I go there, and I have this Astros t-shirt on, and I sit down and play a hand. And this guy's like, oh, Houston. He's like, that place sucks. I'm like, this is a weird comment. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I live there too. And I'm like, okay, it makes a little bit more sense. So he starts going on about the housing market in Houston. Well, anybody that knows me personally knows that I just went through a divorce, lost my house, am in an apartment, and am now looking at houses for way more than I ever should have and all that. So I don't really love the whole fact of, you know, rubbing it in the houses are sky high. And I'm like, yeah. And I keep kind of giving one word answers, like waiting for this guy to like maybe change the subject or go. But he's not changing the subject. This guy is full on this train of like the housing market. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Houses are high. Yeah, I sold my house and I have no house now. Uh, <laughs> so fine. So like, like it goes like five minutes and like Clint, do you? And I was gonna stay at one three. And they're like, Clint, do you want two five? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want two five. <laughs> <laughs> I want anywhere but here. I mean, yeah, like. I'm like, this is way worse than being tilted at poker. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to 2-5 and end up playing there. Uh, playing there, And I mean, I just love the 2-5. I mean, the 2-5 the games are so inter- 
I don't think they'd be the most profitable to play, but they are very, very interesting to play. The strategy is really, really good. Uh, and I get into some pretty big hands here. Uh, so we go... What is the cap at the 2-5 game, just for people who... I think it's 1500 Oh, God, dog. Okay, that's a pretty big cap. Oh, is that the win? That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, because it's weird, because you go to 1-3 everywhere, the cap is 300 everywhere. So, and then you go to 2-5, and the cap is... Just, and I mean, 1-3, it's 300. The average attack is like 150-200. You go to the win, it's a... Uh, Two five and like everybody's sitting there with a thousand plus because I mean one it's fifteen hundred and there's a lot more grinders so they're up and been there for longer sessions so it was it's always kind of crazy like like Texas where we say it's weird that there's no like in between like which all it is is this deep stacked one three with very little two five and five five it's weird that in Vegas there is a differentiation but it's so massive. It's funny because I remember at the win, I've been playing uh, five ten all the time in Vegas the whole time I was there, and then I went to the wins five ten twenty game. Oh my god! I had no idea how big that game was. I mean, there's chips I've never seen before. I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy has like three of my cars in front of him in those chips, like. I mean, it was just a massive game. It sounded massive. It's a uh, <laughs> Tyler's going there short stacking the Hustler Casino Live game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy had the five thousand dollars chips, and just he didn't have one or two of them. He had a stack of twenty. God dang, man! It's a, uh, but yeah, the win has easily become just my favorite place to play. It's a. I don't think there's a close second for me in Vegas anymore. Mm, uh, for me, my favorite's Bellagio, but... Mm, I don't know. Wynn's more fun. I don't know. Bellagio just... Rem- and granted, I'm not younger anymore. Bellagio just always reminds me of like the old, like an older person casino for some reason. It's what I like. Old soul. You, I mean, you are an old soul. <laughs> uh so, but we'll get into the win at uh, at some point. Uh, what were you doing while I was in Vegas? God, <laughs> I had one hand to note when you were in Vegas. Well, I guess this is the one hand I'll bring up. But um, I was in a PLO hand, right? I have pocket kings single suited with like I think it was seven eight and. Okay, you put yourself in this position, right? I'm in late position. Um, the whole table, some guy opens up to like 15 or something, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody calls because it's a straddle pot. I only call. The person on the straddle jams all in for like 65. Fold, fold, fold. One guy calls, another guy calls. Like, well, this is perfect. No one here ever has aces. I'm basically closing the action, right? There's like maybe one person behind me. Okay. I pot it here. Okay. So I was like, well, how much was your pot for? I mean, this has to be your all in, right? I mean, it essentially was. It was like 350 or something. Okay, that's what I was thinking. And I bought him for 500. So I mean, I I mean, I basically I mean, I told him I'm all in blind or whatever you want to do. 
Um, one person folds, the other guy only calls. Did the person fold, like, after he put the 65 in? Yes. Okay, that's a pretty good move. Uh, okay. Uh, the other guy only calls. I put my hundred and some dollars in blind. Told him. I mean, I'm going with it. I flop open ended with the uh, seven eight. No flush draw though. No backdoor flush draw. He snap calls the hundred bucks. Was your pocket kings an overpair? Yes. Okay. Um. So he, I mean, really, your flop bet you you bet blind, but literally you would play this exact same way. I mean, had you not done this blind, I mean, you you're doing this a hundred percent on yeah. this flop. It was like six nine four. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. He snap calls. He has aces. Uh, I completely brick everything, and I lose. And that's it. And like you and I were talking about it, is that just overplaying aces or kings and PLO? Like that guy only flatting the aces behind really threw me off. And I just don't know if that is that just a lack of experience. Should you be flatting aces behind there? Should, am I way out of line potting it with kings after it goes all in call call? Seems like there's dead money out there. I mean, I won't lie. I thought you did, like, when you originally told me this. Now that we're going through it on the podcast, the more I think about it, the more you're selling me on this. Well, because, okay, let's say, okay, your options are you're never folding here. Correct. So, when you... So, this first guy goes all in. It's 65, 65. So, if you do 65... It's at 130, 260. You're playing this really gigantic pot where, I mean, your hand is going to kind of flop kind of weird. Like, if you don't hit a set of kings or, like, a main straight or straight, big straight draw or straight, it's going to be getting really tough. Versus getting it all in with hands that are very likely to be behind yours. And I don't know. I mean,. The squeeze, like, that guy giving $65 and kind of just donating that to the pot after you do this. I'm not sure this is a bad play. I, I actually think this is, this is a pretty, uh, I, I, you're kind of selling me on this. This is a pretty good play. I mean, I don't know. I just never suspected that guy to have aces behind me like that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess I fell for it. The trap. The trap everyone talks about works so great. I'm not sure this is, like, even a trapping situation. I think, like, when Old Hold'em it is, I think people are just scared to play aces because, I mean, if you don't if you don't hit an ace on the flop, it's very hard to play in a multi-way pot. I guess, and he did just have dry aces. So I'm not even sure this is trapping. I think this is just one of those... Yeah. I mean, I've heard that this is probably better to do if you have an ace in your hand with the kings because it's less likely they have aces mm-hmm. uh i don't know this is tough because if this guy doesn't have aces it looks like a genius move yeah but he did so but i ended up losing that buy-in which was sad and uh, <laughs> it was like right at the beginning too i was like wow phenomenal and then i ended up running up a little bit to end up being down like half a buy-in at least so that's nice yeah, that played only Hold'em, and you know the Hold'em hands did what the Hold'em hands do, and uh, came back a little bit. Well, that's nice. It was nice that you're able to get some of that back. 
Uh, yeah, it was a nah, pretty. I don't know. It's me and you are both still like. I would say beginners at Omaha. I'd say probably better than the average actual Omaha player in Texas, but still beginners. I mean, versus a lot of the, like definitely if you put me, me and you in a whole Omaha game here, I think we're probably a favorite. But if it's a with a bunch of Omaha regs, we'd be probably drastic underdogs. Okay, good. I thought at first I thought you were saying the other way around. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Probably not. That's not like a good way for me to go lose three buy-ins real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, say cause some smart Omaha players would take us up on that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, so I guess when we come back on the next podcast, we covered Bellagio, we covered Aria, and I am at the win. I just got tilted off of a 1-3 game, and 2-5 ends up having some pretty big hands. But we'll uh, cover that on the next episode. All right. That was the Texas Booker Podcast. We'll cover the rest of Clint's Vegas trip next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.